DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Missionary Benedictines of Christ the King Priory, presents The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. Father Mauritius did his philosophical, theological, and doctoral studies in Rome. He is the author of numerous books, including I Want to Understand You, Encountering Foreign Worlds with a Little Prince, The New Image of God's Image, Meister Eckhart on Image and Theology, Peter and Paul, Models of Decision-Making, and On the Way, Benedict's Journey for Spiritual Maturity. Father Mauritius also serves as the prior of Sant'Anselmo in Rome. The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Our conversation with Father Mauritius takes place at Sant'Anselmo, which is a Roman Catholic church, monastery, and pontifical Benedictine college located on the Aventine Hill in Rome, Italy. Father Mauritius, thanks again for joining me and helping us to understand soberness. Thank you, Chris, for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you and to discuss uh, this monastic virtue. It's a virtue that is so important in our everyday life, particularly for those who are guiding and leading others. This is so true. Uh, Leadership and soberness belong together. So a good leader should be sober. And where do I take this from? I take it certainly as a Benedictine from the rule of St. Benedict. Benedict tells us in chapter 64, uh, which is on the election of an abbot, he ought therefore to be learned in divine law so that he has a treasury of knowledge from which he can bring out what is new and what is old. He must be chaste, sober, and merciful. He should always let mercy triumph over judgment, so that he too may win mercy. Similarly, we hear from St. Benedict in the chapter on the Cellera, which is the economic leader of the monastery, the treasurer, is chapter 31. Benedict says, as Cellera of the monastery, there should be chosen from the community someone who is wise, mature in conduct, sober, not an excessive eater, not proud, excitable, offensive, dilatory or wasteful, but God-fearing and like a father to the whole community. So it's interesting that this word uh, sober appears in those both chapters that address people in leadership in the monastery. Does someone like that actually exist with all those (laughs) qualities? Wow. Mm, That's a good question. Sometimes there are saints in the monasteries, but not many. Oh, how wonderful. What great attributes to strive for. Yes, it's true. And it is not as original as as you might think. This is all like the whole rule of St. Benedict taken from the Holy Scripture, from the Bible. So in the early church, soberness was part of the repertoire of the job description of a leader. 
of an early Christian leader. And we can read this in the uh, first letter of Timothy, chapter 3. It says on the qualifications of ministers, whoever aspires to the office of bishop desires a noble task. Therefore, a bishop must be irreproachable, married only once, sober, self-controlled, decent, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not aggressive, but gentle, not contentious, not a lover of money. That's awesome, right? This qualification mm -hmm. that, that says it all, basically. Mm -hmm. So here again you have sober. By the way, in all these um, uh, texts I found uh, in the translation mostly uh, temperate. So in the word sober does not appear in most of the American English translations, but uh, in Latin you have sober. So this is why I... And basically temperate certainly means sober, but it's not exactly the same thing. Mm. Why is it so important to be sober for a person in leadership? And again, you can expand that to all kinds of leaders in the world and in the church as well, certainly. A person that is not sober can do a lot of damage as a leader. A lot of damage. He can do damage to the people. Who he, who he is leading. He can do damage to the things and resources he's responsible for. And he can do damage also to the cause, to the project, to the mission his organization or, his, or he has. So when he, instead of being sober, is occupied by demons, like we have talked about them before, anger, sadness, pride, envy, these emotions will blur his view. So if we are identified with those kind of emotions, we will transfer them on our employees, on our subordinates, on our dependents. Let's take an example. When as a leader, when I'm angry, I go into a meeting or I speak to a a co-worker one-on-one, -on -one, and I have not cleared off my anger, this anger will be right there and will transmit whatever we talk about. If this person is the actual target of the anger or not, doesn't play a role, the anger will affect this person. So a leader has to strongly strive for soberness, that he is not unconsciously or consciously occupied and attached to anger, for example. Same thing with sadness. You know, when a leader is sad, oh, it's all sad. You know, he, he transfers all this, this sad mood to, to his people. When a leader is pride, you know, when his most important thing is that is how people look at him and, and he does it all and he's great, and then he only sees himself. He doesn't see the others. This will transmit. If a, if a leader is envious, He will, he will transmit this to other people and it will blur his view. So as leaders, we poison the situation when we are not sober. 
Sober in this sense means open for the reality, open for the truth, open for what is. Full stop. Just this, very simple. So becoming aware of our emotions is so important for a leader. It's basically the first step and the most important step for leading. You know, the, the matters you can clarify. You know, if you have enough intelligent people, you, you can clarify the practicalities. But as a leader, you have to be at peace with yourself. This is so important because a leader is supposed to make decisions. How, you, how can you make a decision when you are not sober? You will act out of anger, act out of frustration, act out of whatever. So discernment presupposes that I'm clean, that I'm sober. Finding the truth, how could I find the truth the right way? Decision-making means to find the right way. <laughs> if my mind is befogged, if, my, if I'm drunken, I cannot make the right decision. It's not possible. Because I'm not in contact with this world and with God and with myself. It sounds as though you're describing, too, a virtue. I think you're bringing forth a whole new light, the different facets of these virtues, but the, the virtue of prudence. That, you know, oftentimes we think of prudence and it's more of a restraint of something. But isn't it, in reality, it's the right action at the right time? And so how can you determine or discern what that right action at the right time is if you don't have that soberness? Yes, because I have to be open for time. What, this, what are the signs of the time, of this time at the moment? You have to be open for different kind of actions and not be fixated on certain options you have or your own agenda. But instead, it's very simple. Be open for the people. Be open for God. And be open also for yourself, certainly. You, you have to hear what, what your soul, what your em the emotions are important as well. I'm not saying, but when we are occupied... From by these emotions, then, then we are running into problems. I need to distance myself from myself, from my ego, from my wishes and from my fears. Otherwise, I cannot lead. You know, Moses, for example, you know, he had to pray once in a while with God and try to just clear the channel, you know, in order to be able to lead these this people. So I'm not saying that the leader cannot have emotions. My goodness, he has a lot of emotions. But when he is about to act as a leader, he has to be free. Otherwise, he won't do a good job. As leaders, we are confronted with emotions all the time. That's my experience, especially with emotions of other people, of ourselves, as we just said, but also of other people. I made myself, uh, for myself a rule. When I am confused frustrated, angry, fearful, sad, I try to not act or to not make a decision, but wait. Sleep in another night. Even writing an email can be too much when you are still in anger, in sadness, in frustration, whatever. 
So one should be very careful watching one's own um, emotions and time will show and sometimes it doesn't take much time to clear your mind. And sometimes when I have to make a decision and a confrere comes says, oh, what should I do, yes or no, whatever, and I feel I'm still uh, occupied by something, um, I say, please come back tomorrow. I, I will give you an answer tomorrow. And then my experience is, by letting it go, all of a sudden, I see different options. I see different perspectives. Sometimes even the emotion turns totally around. I was angry before, and I find afterwards, hmm, you can make something good of, out of that. You, you become creative as a leader. So this is why soberness is so important. We'll return in just a moment to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi. Hi, this is Chris McGregor of Discerning Hearts, inviting you to an extraordinary opportunity to join Father Timothy Gallagher for an expanded and extensive online Discerning Hearts seminar retreat on the discernment of spirits, as taught by St. Ignatius of Loyola. This will be the longer-form material similar to the teaching Father Gallagher provides to seminaries and spiritual direction formation programs. This is a dive deeper than ever before into the 14 roles of spiritual discernment, which will take place on three consecutive Saturdays, with each day comprised of four different conference talks, all beginning on Saturday, May 30th. There will be time for question and answers after each conference talk with Father Gallagher. Each day shall last approximately five hours. This will provide nearly 15 hours of live formation with Father Timothy Gallagher, renowned spiritual master of the discernment of spirits. The talks will be available for on-demand viewing by participants who wish to review or for those who missed the live webinar broadcast. But you must be a registered participant to be able to access those recordings. Handout material will be emailed to participants several days prior to the sessions. To find out more and to register, go to discerninghearts.com for this online Discerning Hearts Seminar Retreat. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. A teaching of St. Paul to his letter to Titus. Beloved, you must say what is consistent with sound doctrine, namely that older men should be temperate, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, love, and endurance. Similarly, older women should be reverent in their behavior, not slanders, not addicted to drink, teaching what is good, so that they may train younger women to love their husbands and children, 
to be self-controlled, chaste, good homemakers, under the control of their husbands, so that the word of God may not be discredited. Urge the younger men, similarly, to control themselves, showing yourself as a model of good deeds in every respect, with integrity in your teaching, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be criticized, so that the opponent will be put to shame without anything bad to say about us. For the grace of God has appeared in saving all and training us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live temperately, justly, and devoutly in this age as we await the blessed hope, the appearance of the glory of the great God and of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to deliver us from all the lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people as his own, eager to do what is good. We now return to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi. Just to remind the listeners of our earlier conversations on soberness, it's essentially an act of your will to restrain yourself from those things that are influencing you or can corrupt, that's a kind of a harsh word, but it corrupt your ability to maintain a balance. So again, if things that cause you anxiety that feed into, whether it's lots of news or uh, conversations with others or too much music or whatever, besides food or alcohol or anything else, and you have to make a big decision as a leader to make sure you have that soberness to be able to do it in virtue. Yes? And that also pertains to subordinate or to the people who are kind of the, the um, subjects, if you wish. So when you see your boss angry or sad, don't ask him for a decision. <laughs> Give him time. You know? That's the same also works the other way around. Sometimes, this is my experience, I'm confronted, especially in leadership, with waves of emotions. It's basically my daily work. <laughs> kind of waves of emotions come to me. Have you seen this? Have you heard that? My goodness, this is happening. Oh, do you know the news? It's all often excited. You know, the, the non-exciting things you don't carry to the boss. You know, the, the daily things that work, you don't... But as a boss, you get this all. You get all this extraordinary stuff. So what do you do as a leader? Not everything that surges against me is really calling for immediate action or is really important. Sometimes people want you to... You have to respond to that. You have to do something now. Maybe rather not. But you have to discern that. So don't be affected by these waves. Not everything that is exciting should lead us into action. Sometimes the quiet movements around us are more important and call for action. Maybe you observe somebody who's suffering or something who's very quiet or there is a movement or a change that is really concerning you. But in order to discern what is more important, you have to be sober. Without this soberness, I will miss 
the really important steps I have to do. As a leader, we are also often confronted with conflicts. This is one of our big tasks that we that people come to us when they are not at peace anymore and when they are fighting. Otherwise, they wouldn't need you. You know, if they get along with one another, they don't go to the to the chief. So, in order to mediate to calm down, to create peace. It's so important to be sober. When I start to fuel an emotion that is in the room between two fighting people, when I start to infuse my emotion and say, yeah, you are right, this I always wanted to say, you won't be able to solve the situation. You have, as a leader, you have to quasi stand outside. Not, you still are part of the, of the group and you should be very compassionate, but at the same time to look at all of this with a, with a certain distance and soberness. Most importantly, the leader has to listen. I found that if I give a confrere, a person, a co-worker, the opportunity just to express himself, to express herself, half of the problem is already solved. So when you are just listening as a leader, just this often suffices. Because there's a person coming who has a problem, who, who is in a need, let him share that. So when I, as a leader, don't have time to listen, it's a problem. And I have to be by myself in order to give space to others that they can come back to themselves. They sense this immediately. If you are by yourself as a leader, if you are at peace or not. If they see you yourself are disturbed, they won't trust so much that you can help them. Instead, when they see you at peace, they will find their way back to their peace. In this sense, I'm not surprised that Jesus made Peter the leader and called him the rock. A rock cannot easily be disturbed, shaken, confused. Things are surging against him, but upon him these things can cool down. So I see this quality of soberness already strongly in, in St. Peter. I want to also mention that often in those texts we just have heard, soberness is combined with mercy, which I found interesting. So we hear this several times, this trias, castum sobrium misericordem, chaste, sober, merciful. Why does St. Benedict, why does the Bible combine those soberness and mercy? In a sober state, the truth can emerge. And this is a gentle step, good for the people. This is an act of mercy. To bring soberness to a situation can be really an act of mercy. On the other hand, 
Soberness needs mercy. Because soberness without empathy is not the right thing either. It must be a friendly soberness. A soberness that is that loves the people, loves God, loves the world, and loves oneself. On the other hand, mercy needs soberness, otherwise it becomes too enthusiastic and unrealistic. You know, everything you've just described could be placed right in the heart of the domestic church. Parents and how they lead their families and train up new leaders new parents, new members of society. I agree. Most important, I think, for leaders and also for parents, for everybody who has any kind of responsibility, is how they are as role models. It's not so much what they say and what they do. This is also important. But what children pick up is how you are. When, when the children see you as a father, as a mother, you are stressed this will affect them and will uh, change the whole situation. When they see you are aggressive, when they see you are desperate, they feel that, even if your words are different. So as parents and leaders, we are invited to, to become aware of what's going on in our soul and then also forgive ourselves, ask God to help us to be, to be free again when the children come, you know, that I can, can respond accordingly. When I don't know what the... Maybe the child wants to share its joy, but I'm in the mood of sadness. Then hmm. it's hard for the child to share this joy, right? Or when I'm desperate... How can I give a good advice to a child? So to work on ourselves when we are in responsibility is the key. One minute. Final thought? I'm thankful to God that he has given me the opportunity to lead people. This is a great gift and I feel very humbled about it. And I thank all those who have tolerated me <laughs> so far and ask for forgiveness when I was not a good role model. And I'm happy to continue as good as I can. It's very good. Thank you, Father Mauritius. You're most welcome. You've been listening to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, A Spiritual Path for Today's World with Father Mauritius Vildi. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. You can also hear it on the free Discerning Hearts app available on the iTunes and Google Play stores. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts, I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, 
And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, A Spiritual Path for Today's World with Father Mauritius Fildee.